by the Hockey Podcast Network and presented by DraftKings. This is Chad Ben, your host, joined by co-host Rich Howe and Colin Wood. And before we get into a packed show that we have covering the National Predators tonight, let's go ahead and get into DraftKings real quick. DraftKings, we are very thankful to have DraftKings as a partner. And they've got a really awesome deal going on right now. we got the Super Bowl coming up. In case any of you haven't heard about the Super Bowl, it's kind of coming up here in a little bit. We've got two teams in the Super Bowl. we got the GOAT, Tom Brady. we got the new GOAT, Patrick Mahomes, going head-to-head in the Super Bowl. I'm sure the NFL is very happy about that matchup. And DraftKings has an awesome deal for you. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. We all love doing predictions. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. So use promo code THPN now and, and enter the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy provider of Super Bowl 55. Terms and conditions Apply, eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for more details. That sounds like an awesome deal because I love doing predictions. Uh, Colin Rich, I know you guys love predicting. We all love being the armchair GMs out there and saying, oh, this is going to happen, shooting our shots. And so uh, real quick before we get into the hockey talk, uh, Rich, Colin, let's start with Rich. We got the Chiefs and we got the Buccaneers. Who are you taking, Rich? Definitely the Chiefs. I mean, there's just no. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, how do you stop them? I mean, you just can't stop them. Mahomes is on fire. I mean, Brady, yeah. Brady's, Brady's awesome. He's carried through. He's yeah. awesome that he got that he got the Buccaneers there, who were, yeah, notorious, notoriously horrible. But I don't know. I just think I just don't think they can handle. handle oh, what about you? Yeah, I, I you know as a former, I'm a I'm a Cardinals fan, so. You know, as uh, former coaches with Bruce Arians and uh, Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich, they're both, you know, all three of those guys are Cardinals alum. I want to see them do well, but I got to go with Rich there on the Chiefs. I mean, if you uh, if you commit three turnovers like they did against the Packers on Sunday, Patrick Holmes is going to make you pay. It, that that yeah. offense will be built different. So I got them probably by at least right. a touchdown. All right. Well, uh, I've been burned so many times predicting against Tom Brady. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, I just, I'm actually, I grew up a Packers fan. I'm a Titans fan because I'm a national native, but I was a Packers fan before the Titans ever came here and watching that game yesterday, it didn't hurt me like watching the Titans lose by any means, but they just left so much out there. The Packers did. So Tom Brady proved once again, he can even have a bad game and he still goes out there and figures out a way to win. So, uh, it's just so hard to bet against this guy anymore. Uh, I think I love Patrick Mahomes. I think he's the future of the league. But hey, that gives you all the more reason to get in on this prediction challenge with DraftKings. Use promo code THPN. Have a little fun out there. Super Bowl coming up. It's hard to believe that we already got the Super Bowl coming. But now we're going to get into uh, the episode 13 of Catfish and Ice podcast. We cover hockey, we have fun with it, we tell stories. We talk about our fandom, and we have a packed show tonight because a lot's happened since the last time we talked to all of our listeners in episode 12. 
And we're coming off some salty feelings here because we've lost two in a row. We've lost three in a row, actually. But we just came off a really embarrassing showing in Dallas against the Dallas Stars. And uh, that, I mean, that, we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about what went wrong there in uh, Dallas. Can it be fixed? We're also going to talk about, perfect segue, we're going to talk about how the special teams is a, complete disaster it's leaked over from last season and so we're going to try to talk the crew's going to talk about can we fix this is there any light at the end of the tunnel is it just early season issues that we can fix we're going to get into that and then we're going to go over our central division power rankings we're going to rank one through eight we're going to talk about what's changed we're going to talk about which teams are surprising us and we're going to of course talk about the predators and where we put them in on that list and then we'll end it with our Nashville biz- local business spotlight of the week because we are a National Predators podcast and we love our home city of Nashville. So we're going to highlight a really awesome Nashville business at the end of the episode. But let's go ahead and get into it with episode 13. And that's talking about what happened in Dallas. It was a disaster. It was a nightmare that you couldn't really wake up from. That's how I felt about it. Yeah, so uh, let's. Yeah, I'm gonna start with it right now. And the biggest thing you can really talk about is we're gonna talk about it in the next segment as well, middle segment of the show. But uh, it's just special teams, man. It's like the Preds cannot get out of their own way. Self inflicted wounds against a team that just went to the Stanley Cup, it's not gonna end very well for you. And so that's what I saw out of it, is especially that Friday night game. So the Preds lost seven to nothing. They lost by a touchdown against the Stars. <laughs> Perfectly speaking, it was their season opener for the Dallas Stars. They had fans in the building. And I can say those fans were pretty loud, the ones that were in there. And then uh, that game was just like a disaster. And it actually started off pretty good. I don't know if you guys uh, remember, but uh, the first period was 0-0. I even put it out there on the social media airways. You can call me a jinx. You can say, Chad, you totally <laughs> ruined it for us. But <laughs> I actually put it out there on the social media airways. Hey, Preds, you just had a really strong period there. I like how you're playing. 0-0 zero, zero score at the end of one. And then uh, floodgates open. The parade to the penalty box started. And these were sloppy penalties. Like Penalties happen to every team. But these were like not controlling your stick, not being aware of where you are on the ice, just not smart penalties. And you already know that you're a liability killing penalties off anyway. And then you're going to be reckless like you are. And it just it just kind of went from there. It was a five on three. It was already one nothing. They went – or it was zero zero. It went five on three. Stars tacked on two goals. It went 2-0. And it just catapulted from there. Sunday's game was a lot better. They they actually showed some some fight, but they still lost three two. Try to tie it with extra extra man advantage with empty net. Almost got that tying goal, but they still came up short. Too little, too late. So, Rich, give me some of your uh, give me some of your top thoughts off the off the series, off the whole weekend. Maybe players that stood out, or just how you're feeling about it. Just pain. Pain. Pain, yeah. It was Pain brutal. Sense. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> seven nothing, man. That is just brutal. I looked it up. I heard somebody say 
on the broadcast. It's their worst loss since 2002. So I went back and looked it up, and that was true. That was a 7-0 loss against the Blues. And that's a long time. I looked it up like Luke Cunning was like five or something back when that happened. Oh, but I mean, it's just—I mean, it's just, just no. There's no no sense in in what happened. But I was looking up a little bit of of what happened on the on the Friday night game. They committed um, obviously a lot of penalties. The three on five. Let me preface this by saying not that I could do any better, but Brad Richardson caused that three on five. And um, he's a veteran. He should know, know that, that that just can't happen. And then, you know, if obviously they scored on that, on that three on five and then went, went to four on five and they scored right after that. And it just, the floodgates open and it was just, I couldn't even believe what I was watching. You know, we've, we've talked about all the changes they made and just, over the, you know, the off season and we're so excited about it and look like they're on the right track. And then just that one game, man, just rattles the confidence. But like you said, they did come back in the second game and that was good. They, they put up a fight and made it presentable. So that was, that was a good part about it. Yeah. I mean, it's not only did they get the, you know, the, the power play goals, but then you look at the, like the shorthanded goal. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. it's a lack of effort and it, it, it's, it's tough. I mean, you know, five out of those six goals or five out of seven goals are scored on, you know, special teams. And we can't put ourselves in that situation. We can't put ourselves in situations where we're committing dumb penalties. Um, but at the same time, like the penalty kill, like it was better. I will say it was better on Sunday night, but the penalty kill, we did not have bodies in front of our net. We were not stopping the pucks. We were not blocking shots. It just looked rough. And especially like you said, with the, the first period, that was one of our best first periods of the season. And you look at the stats, like, our, our goals for, we are 28th in goals for in the first period, 26th in goals for in the second period, and then 7th in the third period. Like, So out of, you know, we know we're a slow starting team. To have a start like that and not continue that, that was incredibly frustrating. But also, you know, from a consistency standpoint, they got to turn it on sooner. I mean, something's got to give there. The, the power play itself, as far as just, you know, getting it going, it's rough. I mean, you watch that transition in the offensive zone. You watch them trying to bring it in. Um, they're lucky to get it in. If not, they've got three bodies surrounding them, and the puck's instantly pushed out. Uh, if they do get it in, I mean, the last couple, the last couple of games, what we've seen is they haven't gotten second shot opportunities. There's been some lackadaisical passes where it lets them, it pushes them out of the zone. They got to regroup, and then by the time they they're back in, you know, we're down 30, 45 seconds after all that effort, and it's just it's not coming together. I think they, they're probably overthinking it a little bit, um, but. I mean, eventually, like coaching has to get through to these guys, and you know they brought they all all these free agents have been brought in with a purpose. But you look at it, it's like they've done well with these other teams. What what is it about the gold jersey? Like something has to give because they're capable. They have the talent. They have the players. Um, even the lines have shown some chemistry. We're good at five on five, but we got to put a complete game together. It reached my choir right there, Colin, because um, it's one of the it's one of those things where. I'll go back to it. They're getting in their own way. And, and no one's saying that they're a Stanley Cup contender or anything like that, but they're much better than what they showed this weekend. And I feel like the problems from last season leaked into this these past two games. Partially the Sunday game, but definitely the Friday night loss that was 7 nothing. That was just like giving you like these – these bad memories of last season because that's what they did last season. They would just let everything, you know, you fall down two goals and then you just let the floodgates, 
floodgates flow. And so uh, when I was watching the Friday night game live, when they went down 2 nothing, I was frustrated. But I'm like, all right, it was a 5-on-3. You put yourself in that situation. Let's respond to it. Let's make something happen here. There's still a lot of time left. You played a great first period. And it's like they just – they folded. They did. Let's be honest, guys. Like They folded. They did not respond to adversity when they were down 2-0. The Stars were hungry, which is something – I uh, mentioned, and we all mentioned actually Mm -hmm. in the last episode of Catfish on Ice, we mentioned that. We said the Stars are going to be hungry. It's their season opener. They're uh, to the stand up. They're ticked off that they didn't play. You know, their season got delayed. And then what happens? They go out. So let's just look at it right here. The goal. So the goals. So it was. They scored their first two goals in less than 90 seconds. So they're up two nothing. And then we went, we went a good six minutes before the stars scored again. So it was two nothing for a little bit. And that's kind of when it opened up. You know, then they scored uh Radilov scored at 1440 of the second period to make it four-nothing. Then at 1641, the stars scored again on a shorthanded goal. And then, uh, then it went to the third period. Velsky scored on the power play again. And then the pre- just to add insult to injury, the Stars made it 7 nothing with another power play goal with just around five minutes left in regulation. So, uh, silver, lining, silver lining is at least Radlov didn't get a, a hat trick. If that had happened, I don't know that I would have been <laughs> oh able to write gosh. that recap. That was, that would have been, so so yeah. just uh, listen to this right here. So this is like – things you would see in a video game here. I like to say that a lot, but when I see these types of numbers, that's what I think about. I think about a video game. Dallas went 8 of 12 on the power play. Okay. 8 of 12. Uh, on the flip side, the Pred, on the flip side, the Preds went 1 of 9 on the power play. So, I mean, there's part of your answer right there is you got one team that's feasting on the power play. You got another team that just can't take advantage so uh, that's kind of – I mean, you don't have to dive too deep or be an analytical expert to see what the problem was over the weekend. And then you're going against a team who's just starting their season, so they're fired up. And they just went to the Stanley Cup. They're a good team. So that's what happened. Uh, the Preds played a lot better on Sunday, though. Let's get into that a little bit. Let's not focus on all the negative here. Uh, that game started off – I felt like it, it was going to be a repeat there for a second. I was nervous. Like they fell back. Yeah. They fell down one, nothing. They took a bad penalty again. I was like, are they about to give up another goal? They fell down two nothing mm-hmm. on Sunday's game. And I'm like, this is on repeat. I'm like, this is a nightmare. Like this is about to happen again. And, uh, then that's when Philip Forsberg came out here and scored a big goal, and that's a perfect. That was on the power play, so that was one of their nine power play connections. And so, uh, Colin, Colin came up with this awesome graphic. We're about to add it to the live stream here. For all of our uh, audio listeners, go follow us on, on Twitter at Catfish Ice to see this awesome image. But uh, we're going to put it on the screen right now for everybody. Be coming up here, but uh, yeah, so you see. Uh, for all of our Star Wars uh, fanatics out there, let me just go ahead and say that it might be possible that Phil Forsberg is our only hope. I mean, we're, wow. we're we're having a little bit of we're having a little bit of fun with this, but Phil Forsberg is on a mission this season. 
he is his aggressive nature out there is like he's he's out for blood. Like he is he's not just playing offensively speaking. He's out there laying out hits, which he's always been that type of player. But he is not taking anything from anybody. He's on a mission. He needs some help. I think that whole top line's playing pretty well. Victor Arvidsson actually had a really good game. He did, but this really image good. right here, this image just speaks perfect, perfectly here. Uh, he's got the lightsaber, which is actually a hockey stick. He's wearing that awesome Preds outfit there, and he is out there to save the world. He's out there to save the Preds. He's going to be our savior. He has to be. But we also have some other saviors out there that have to wake up. But, uh, Colin, you did great with that uh, image yeah, there. That's, that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And, I mean, and, yeah. Forsberg has been the truth for us. He's been, you know, the one person that's kind of shining light in all this situation. And, and for me, like, I, I love seeing the way he's playing. I mean, that physicality that we wanted to see last year, we didn't see as much. You nailed it, Chad, with saying about, you know, what he's doing to lay out hits. He's not letting people bully him off the puck. I mean, in the past, it's been that he's kind of, you know, over finessed things and let people take the puck away from him in those situations. This year, we're seeing a different kind of Forsberg where not only is he, he still has a finesse element to him, but he's just barreling his way in and getting his shots wherever he wants to take his shots. And I got, I respect that. I think, you know, his linemate, Arvi, I mean, he's, he's getting so close. Mm-hmm. Like, Arvi is a couple puck bounces away, a couple tap ins away from being right up there with Forsberg on the point streaks and everything else that, ha- that comes with it. So, and I'm hoping he puts it together. I, I agree with you on Sunday. I think with the, you know, the three-two loss, yeah. I think like, especially for Preds Twitter. Let's talk about Preds Twitter real quick here. They all they're very quick to hit the panic button, as we know. We're not even going to get into Preds Facebook, but you look at the scoreboard and you're thinking, okay, it's got to be a goalie problem. This isn't a goalie problem. Right? Our goalie's been playing great. A lot of the goals that happened on Friday were not Saros's fault, Impact's fault. But I will say the one the one situation that is a little frustrating with the goalies was the little dribbler that got past Sorrows on Sunday. If that didn't go in, we have a tie game. We might take it to overtime. So Absolutely. that's a little frustrating, but he's allowed one. Like when you consider the, the rest of those goals that happened all weekend, a lot of those weren't on them. They, they were either redirections that he just, you know, he couldn't save because they're crazy and, and you know, we don't have enough bodies in front of our net to block them. Um, or situations where he was set up for failure because he's playing, you know, two-on-ones or, you know, possibly just, you know, having the guy have a breakaway. It's just, it was a rough situation for him to be in. But honestly, even after, the, you know, this this weekend, I still like the way Soros is playing. Um, hopefully we can get to see, see some more Pekka too, and hopefully he's in form. But, you now that top line coming together. Forsberg is our only hope. Uh, hopefully uh, RV, his pot, Padawan, is uh, going to step up too. Yeah, I felt, <clears throat> I felt really bad for Soros as well. I mean, it was just – he just kept getting hammered and nobody was in front of the net for him. And it was just, I felt, I felt horrible. Cause he, you know, he, he deserves better than that. And they, and they know better than that. And that's, what's frustrating. The way they played the first three games, they were getting in front of the net. They were protecting the goalie. I mean, they were doing everything they were supposed to do. And it's like, like, I don't know if there was like a gas leak on the plane or something, but they just like totally, Totally just like forgot everything that they that they had worked for in those first three games. And then like I was hopeful Sunday, like I mean, I don't want to ever see anybody get hurt, but like Jamie Ben didn't play Sunday and then Kiwi Rana didn't play. And I was like, hey man, that's you know, that's that's good, I guess, for us, like not having those, you know, Ben, he's you know, powerhouse or whatever, but it just didn't happen. So no. yeah. well, and I look at like all the uh the stuff that they've been going through as far as, you know, 
COVID and everything, I mean, they came out fresh. They were, they were, they were that first period on Friday night, I think they were kind of, you know, easing themselves into it. But after that, they looked true to form, even with some of the injuries that they've been facing. So it's a tough spot yeah. to be in. I mean, it's a rattle off and, and, you know, those guys being as old as they are still, still doing what they're doing. I, they it's, kind it's of, amazing. Uh, they kind of solidified uh, that they're not a one year wonder or whatever. So uh, yeah, all, all credit goes to them. Uh, so we put out we put out a poll on the Catfish and Ice uh, Twitter. Uh, follow us if you're on Twitter at Catfish Ice. Put out a poll. We just want to kind of like measure where the fans are on their panic level, <laughs> because we all know that you get a, a roller coaster of emotions there. You know the Preds are five games in, and uh, me being a Nashville native, it's very similar to the Tennessee Titans fan base and the Tennessee Vols fan base. If you want to go college football. Uh, and that's not a knock on those fans. I love you. I love the passion. It's not a knock on you all at all, but it can get like a roller coaster sometimes. And we're only five games in and I'm already seeing that roller coaster and I'm already going down that steep uh, incline or decline, I guess you should say. And so I wanted to put this poll question out there. And basically, it's just press fans. Where's your panic level? One to ten right now. Ten being, I'm so done with this season already. <laughs> Which hopefully, hopefully no one's feeling that way because we've been waiting for hockey for how long now? And so hopefully you're not already giving up on that. But I wanted to throw it out there. And so it actually makes me feel really good that – only 6% of the vote took the maximum of 10. So that makes me feel better. Uh, four to six range, which is unsettling, is 72% of the vote. So that makes me feel good because that's kind of where I find myself. Yeah, it's right settling. in the middle. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's very unsettling. You had 22% who said seven to nine range. So right up there at the top, near the top, which is basically I kind of define that as we're in trouble. And so, so we have to, uh, go go, well, go just go ahead, Rich. Yeah, no, you go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, just we just got to put it in perspective. I mean, like, I know a lot of people get it, – it is frustrating. We all know it's frustrating. But you got – I was, like, just, like, looking at some scores from the past few days. <clears throat> um, Colorado got beat by Anaheim last yeah, night. Colorado. So, I mean, like – is actually not playing up yeah. to expectations right now. Right. The L.A. Kings beat St. Louis – the Blues got blank zero to eight. I mean, it's gonna happen. Yeah, it just it just happened. You know, in a, a bad time for us. We know we wanted them to, you know, dismantle the stars or whatever. But you know, it, it's gonna happen. And I the think stars, the, uh, yeah, the stars have kind of a well. The stars have like a they're kind of salty for us right now because of what they ever since they took us out of the playoffs. Uh, Preds fans just take it a lot worse when they lose to Dallas right now, and yeah. so it's one of the it's one of those southern rivalries. Uh, the Winter Classic didn't help anything the way that went, so you know fans just take it a little bit harder when they lose to Dallas, you know. But here's another thing too. I know you both remember how bad that loss. Uh, hurt when uh the Preds lost to Colorado this loss the 7-0 loss reminded me to the loss to Colorado I think it was in November yep it was right it was right around when the Preds were still playing really well there because if, if 
for all the fans out there that remember, and I put this out there as well on social media, uh, last season the Preds started off like mowing through everybody. They were mm-hmm. beating the Capitals. They beat Vegas. Uh, they were like cruising. Uh, the Duchesne Forsberg line was in full full effect. Uh, Duchesne was putting up one to two points a game. And then everything came crashing down. Mm-hmm. And kind of what started that crash was that night. I want to say it was nine to four was the, lo- right. was, was the final score loss to the Colorado Avalanche. And that happened around in November. And yeah. I'm kind of, I kind of had uh, flashbacks to that game, honestly. Yeah. Only we didn't even, only we couldn't even score one goal. At least we scored four against Colorado, but to the same so- degree. So close, though. You know, they had some good looks, and that was what was good. I mean, it's also Qdoban. I mean, he's awesome. I mean, there's no other yeah. word to describe. I mean, he's he, he fills up the whole the whole net. I mean, he catches he's the, everything. He's the, he, he's the goaltender that won't go away. I mean he he made exactly. some really big he made some really big saves, but I also think the Preds took a lot of very lackadaisical and low danger shots as well, especially in that Friday night game. I mean, they were perimeter shots. They were shots that any well-qualified goaltender will make, yep. whereas the Stars were taking those high-traffic shots where it's like a pinball machine. You take that yeah, shot from the outside, and it bounces off three or four people, and it goes in. And your yeah. goaltender has no chance, right? I mean, Colin, you kind of see what I'm saying there, right? Yeah, and it's one of those things where there was, just, there was no second-chance opportunities, but some of the shots mean – I looked at the the Sabisa shot that he uh, you can call it a shot. Like they counted it as a shot, but it wasn't a shot and goal. But he literally bounced it right off of a defender and went back over the blue line. We had to reset. I mean, there were so many opportunities where it's just poor shot selection. I would say the best people as far as who have a vision for the net right now are Victor Arvidsson, uh, Matt Shane, and of course Philip Forsberg. And so it's interesting you bring up that point of last year how they were on that tear um, and the the, formil- the the formidability of the you know Forsberg Duchesne combo. I'm almost in this place where I know it's early in the season, but if we're going to, you know, explore a little bit and kind of see what we have of putting Joey on that second line and putting Duchesne on the first line and putting Duchesne with our top weapons with Forsberg and Arvidsson, Matt Duchesne's, Matt Duchesne's impressed me, I will say. I mean, I know I see Johansson's trying. I think that he is frustrated and he wants to be back to what he's, you know, been in the past, but Duchesne has shown more in terms of creating opportunities and creating plays and getting, you know, at least driving the puck into the zone and, and seeing up for some good passes and good offense. And so I'm kind of in a place where it's like, you know, maybe Ryan Johansson isn't our 1A. One, one maybe uh, maybe we need to move around and, and see, you know, what Duchesne does with possibly, you know, at least Philip Forsberg, maybe in Victor Arvinson. Because Duchesne's the kind of guy that can spring some players loose, but also he can benefit off of some of the chaos that players like Arvid can create, you know, especially down low. So it, it's it's tough. It, it, we, we need offense that's not just going to be one possession in, take a bad shot, and then have to regroup, or worse, be on the you know defensive immediately and watch out for that counterattack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when, when they're facing somebody like Qdoba, it's like the the goal that um, that Forsberg got. He put it like right above Qdoba's left shoulder, and and that's what it takes. You cannot just they they kept trying to power shots in. You know they'd shoot them from the blue line. Yossi, you know would shoot a bunch, and then they'd set up Arvidsson, and he just try to do a a power shot and it just, that's not going to cut it. You, you, you gotta, you gotta, you know, be a sniper and, and, and place the puck well. And, you know, unfortunately Friday they couldn't do it at all. And then, you know, they did better Sunday, like we said, but. 
Yeah, the thing about Sunday, another thing about Sunday was they kind of uh, it took them a minute, but they they at least responded. They they fought back. They they showed a pushback. Uh, and sometimes when you're playing a really good team, it's not going to bounce your way. So I'm not really upset over Sunday's loss. I mean, no. I'm upset about it because I never want to see them lose. But I'm not really upset over that game. So it goes back to what uh, what Rich is saying and what we're all saying is you got to put it in perspective. Everyone is freaking out because of that 7-0 loss on Friday. And also they've lost three in a row. But you got to put things in perspective. The loss to Carolina, which was their first loss of the season, a lot of people actually, a lot of analytical people out there said that was their best game of the year. Yep. They lost. Then they didn't get a chance at the rematch due to COVID-19 concerns with the Carolina Hurricanes. So we'll never know if they would have responded and won that game. And then you get that 7-0 loss to a team that just went to the Stanley Cup final and lost. It's playing their season opener, and a buzzsaw happened. And then they turn around on Sunday, and it was a well – they fought back, and they just couldn't – I'm not making excuses for them. But at the same time, it's all this panic is really focused on one really, really bad game where they yeah. lost seven – where they lost seven to nothing. I mean, let's really put it in perspective here. And yeah. so they they can change all this bad juju right now. They got the Chicago Blackhawks coming up. Kind of sends briefly into our next segment here, and that's just kind of they've got a perceived easier opponent, but the the pressure is really on them because Rich already brought it up. You're seeing upsets all across the league. So, and I don't even know if this would be considered an upset necessarily if the Blackhawks beat the Preds because the Preds aren't playing that great, but they cannot screw this up. If they lose two to the Blackhawks, that's when the panic is really going to be justified. Yep. Because it's a 56-game it's a season, so. And that's, really what said. that's what we've said, you know, right before the season started. We are like, if you have any issues 10 games in, you're in trouble. And and this is this is – they have to – they definitely have to win both of these games against the Blackhawks. I mean, it's they're at home. They shouldn't have a problem. I just read somewhere that um, the Brinkett's out. He's not playing. You know, they've had all the injuries. Kirby Doc's out. Um, they have some COVID-19 issues, too. I think they had two players out yeah. of the COVID-19. Well, that's what it was. Yeah, it was yeah. Uh, the Brinkett and uh, Boquist. I think you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, you know, you're at home at Bridgestone. There's, there are some fans there, not as many as Dallas had, but, yeah, don't screw it up. If there was a time to get special teams right and a team to get special teams right, it, you know, against, it's Chicago. I mean, for one thing, we can't commit stupid penalties. I mean, we set ourselves up for failure, and that's where my frustration came in because we were hyped about that third line. That third line was playing so well, smart hockey. They weren't committing some of that stuff. They were, you know, they're, they're our enforcers, but they weren't doing stupid things that were going to put us in the box. And then Benning just – as a as a, a meltdown, and, and you know Barwieski Bar- is like you know commit some of those stupid you know sick penalties, small mm-hmm. things that should not have happened like you were saying, Chad. So you know that's a, that's step one. But then we have to get some power play goals. I mean, especially against Chicago, if we're playing, you know, if we're, if we're facing the likes of you know whoever's in net, you know Subban or whoever else is in net, like those are those are some goalies we could score on. I I, I will say that faithfully, and you know have full faith in our power play. We can at least score us on, on those guys. We just have to do it. Like we had to set it up and we got to do it. And it's, you can't overthink it. Like these guys got to get out of their own heads, get out of their own way and just 
execute. They have the talent. So let's see it. So let's get into the main elephant in the room, which is definitely the special teams. And if the Preds are going to turn this around, this 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 deserves a whole segment in itself right here. And it's definitely special teams. And so, I mean, me, Colin, or Rich, we're not going to sit here and claim that we're smarter than the coaches or that we, we, we if we were in there, we would be able to fix it. We're not saying that. But at the same time, something's got to give here, and it's definitely worth talking about because it's just such an issue. And all over the offseason, I saw the moves that David Poyle made, and I was like, okay, I like what you're doing here. They're very modest moves, but I like what you're doing because it's addressing the penalty kill and it's addressing special teams. It's making us tougher. Maybe it's just because we ran into a really good team. Well, that remains to be seen. We still have to wait on the Dallas Stars and for them to play more games. But, I mean, let's hope that that's what it is. We just ran into a really good team and it wasn't necessarily a product of how bad we are. But let's go into this. So, uh, Lucas Fiza who was an odd pickup right before the season started, veteran defenseman, uh, doesn't really bring you any type of really value other than he's a veteran. Um, He's already on injured reserve. He got put into the lineup for Matt Benning, who Matt Benning didn't play well either on Friday night. But Spiza got put in. And the first thing I think about, and he didn't have a good game either, Spiza didn't. The first thing I thought about was, why are some of our younger prospects not getting opportunity? Why is, why is Carrier not getting an opportunity? Why is Jeremy Davies not in the lineup? Like, I mean, there's other guys that they're, that for some reason Poyle just refuses to give an opportunity to, and instead he went out. And I'm not saying that Matt Benning doesn't deserve to be in the lineup off of one back game. I'm not saying that at all. But it just it, – it, it's a head-scratcher to me. Like, there's other – options you have that were already in the system and instead they're kind of like floating around out there the milwaukee admirals aren't don't have a season this year and so you got the chicago wolves who are going to be we're going to lend our players to them hopefully some of these prospects that we care about including carrier gets an opportunity to keep playing i've always been a big uh believer in alexander carrier getting an mm-hmm. opportunity a long opportunity, not just like throw him in for one game and then snag him back out. No, I mean like actually getting the opportunity because Carrier actually has an offensive element to his game. Right. And so I just don't understand why they're pushing him away. And so Spees is already on the IR, so who knows how that's going to end. But we got to figure out what's wrong with this, uh, with these special teams, both the power play and the penalty kill. It's just a nightmare. It's a disaster. So I don't know who wants to start. Rich, do you want to like – Started off real quick, just kind of like yeah. <clears throat> so we've talked about it a little bit, and I, you know, I, I hate dropping people, putting people under the bus, but there's an element that's carried over from last year because of this, and I think it might be the assistant coach that they hired for that, Dan Lambert, and I, you know, like you said, I'm not saying that I could do any better. He is in there for a reason, but it just seems like you've had all the last season, even though it was short and you've had your chance this season, you saw what, what happened in the Stanley cup qualifiers. It might be time to look at, look at moving on from that. I mean, the players have to execute and, you know, they're not executing as we can tell, but I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think about Lambert? 
Yeah, I posted on on Sunday night. I was like, I'm not on the fire on the train, but I'm I'm at the train station, and I'm really mm-hmm. my mind for a ticket. Um, just because you know he is a holdover. I'm not sure what he times guy. Uh, it just doesn't look different. Like it, the setup looks the same um, as far as the power play. The you know I think that the penalty kill. I would say more more so that was on mental errors because we had guys out of way out of position that weren't crowding the box that weren't blocking shots that they could have blocked if they were in the right position and so I think that's you know just some mental fog and hopefully that you know we can get that to fade away. The biggest thing is I want to see it become a habit, but I do agree with you that you know it, there's some there's some questionable things that have been decisions that have been made, especially in terms of personnel. Uh, you know, even Sonority obviously is a guy that's been in our pipeline for a while. We want to see you know get some looks. Uh, you know, with Carrier, he's, he's the guy that deserves a chance as well. Um, you know, especially if Bending and, and Barrieski just don't pan out or just aren't, you know, playing like they did against Columbus and even against Carolina that first game. So uh, there's a lot of issues there. I think, you know, the personnel, the unit, the first unit, especially on the power play, has been pretty solid. They've been creating some shot opportunities uh, that are also resulting in some, you know, second chances and they're getting some good puck movement. That second unit is is awful. I mean, it is night and day from first unit to second unit in terms of the second unit can't even keep the puck in the zone. Um, and beyond that, the shot selection is just terrible. They're just not setting themselves up. And so, you know, I don't know if that's a personnel thing. I mean, Granlin's back on that second unit, and, and he's he's okay when he's got the puck, but there's nobody around him that he can really pass to that can either take the pass cleanly or move it to someone else. And so there's some challenges there in – you know, does it come down to coaching? Yeah, but you know, it's also got to be the personnel too, a little bit, and that mental right. the plan. And so, when we get into the power play struggles, I don't know what you really do to fix that because they're putting all the best players out there that they have available. So, I mean, yeah, you can change some some things systematically, but I think it just comes down to execution, like like uh, like Colin just said. I mean. When I look at the penalty kill, there's some real issues. There's players not in position. I don't know if that's an execution thing or a, a, a philosophy or what that what's going on there. That's just like a train wreck, just like last season. I mean, there's just – I mean, these teams are just – especially the Dallas uh, series, I mean, they're just skating right down Broadway, no pun intended, yeah. and it's like, it's like, oh, yeah, here's a goal for you. Here's a prime opportunity. When I when I look at the power play, they're making some good passes. They're setting each other up. They just need some things to work their way, um, and they've got the right players on their power play units. They've got the Joe line. They got Johansson. They got they got Roman Yossi. They got Ryan Ellis. They've got they've got guys out there that you know can score. So it's just a matter of executing. Uh, I think the power play can be fixed quicker than the penalty kill can. Yeah. I mean, the thing is for me, like I look at even the Columbus series and the Columbus series when we were on the penalty kill wasn't, you know, the best, but it, it was solid. It, it did. It goes, mm-hmm. it got the job done. And the way they were playing that penalty kill against, against Columbus was very different than how they approached with Dallas with Columbus. They were agitating their poke check-in. They were getting the puck away from guys. They'd never let them have clean shots. Whereas, I mean, we're letting Radulov and Pavelski set themselves up for tic-tac-toe goals. And it's like, how are we not getting bodies on these guys? I know they're big guys. They're big fellas. Well, we got to go up there and hit them. I don't care if you're smaller, but you got to make it hard for them. So yeah. listen to the, listen to this. This is from Adam Vinian of The Athletic, who does great work. Awesome. One of the best Preds follows out there. Adam Vinian put out this really mind-boggling stat here. 
dating back to 2018-19 season, so two-plus seasons if you're counting this season. The Preds are an NHL worse 73. Are you ready for this? 73 out of 499 attempts on the power play. <laughs> Chad, why you gotta make my Monday worse, man? I don't. I don't know if you're good at. I don't know if you guys are good at math or not. But um, not I'm not. Very, I'm not very good at math, but I know that's not very good. Well, they're they're two for twenty this year, which is that's, that's not very good either. That's horrible. <laughs> I'm better at math when you give me that one. Two out of twenty. Yeah. I know that's. I know that's ten percent. I know that's not good. Either. Yep. But yeah. Uh, but yeah. So that when I saw that from uh, Adam Vinian, I was like blown away. So these are just problems that are leaking into another season for the Preds, and it's going to keep holding them back uh, from being what they used to be, which was a very respectable playoff team. They can win a couple of playoff series, maybe go on a run and win a Stanley Cup. Right now, they're nowhere close to that because of these special teams. So we all wish we could solve all the world's problems, and we're and the Preds, the, when it comes to hockey sense, uh, the Pred the special teams is definitely one that I don't think we can all solve in this episode, but we definitely wanted to talk about it, bring it up, and let's hope that the Preds can just, you know, it's, get, it's only five games. They can definitely turn it around. And John Hines already came out and said that this is the focal point for the team going forward. I hope it is. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so let's just see what happens. I think the biggest thing we can all agree on here to wrap up this segment is stay out of the box and let's – you really have to take a penalty. Like, be smarter. You have to preach staying out of the box because you know that's your team's weakness right now. So, be smart. Stop with the arguing with the officials when a penalty is called on yourself because I'm seeing some of these replays and the penalty. Some a lot of these penalties are well deserved. It's they're mm-hmm. they're being sloppy. So just be smarter. I think they can correct it. They can clean some of this up. You don't have to worry about the penalty kill if you're not putting yourself in that situation. The teams play pretty well five on five, so keep yourself in that position, and I think things will get. Be- I think things will get better. And so let's go. To- we'll go ahead. No, I was just going to say one. One final thought was just like they need to. You know, they did it a lot last year. They would get down, and then they would start playing real hard in the third period. They just need to like play that way the whole game. I know that's me sitting at home on my couch watching them, but. You, you've seen the fire that they have in the third period and what they're capable of. I mean, they got close to tying the game last night Not or on a Sunday, but they just it, – it's – it's they just got to play the whole game. I don't know what happens. Do I? You're dead on, Rich. I mean, to back you up with that, the stats, you know, from dating back to 2000, uh, 2019, we are in the lower 20s in terms of the first period goal scored. We're in the late teens in the second period. And in the third period, we're in top ten. We're actually right now we're in seventh. But yeah. you know, but wow. dating back three years, we're still in the top ten. Third period, we figure it out. You're you're dead on in terms of we got to bring that energy the whole game. And that's what they did the first two games against Columbus. That was like they played the whole game with with intensity. And then you know they they got away from them against Carolina, but they still they still played a good game. Like Chad said earlier, probably their best statistic wise. It's just. I don't know. I guess something just creeped in and got in their heads, but they, they got to get it back starting yep. tomorrow night. Yep. So uh, for all of our listeners, you're listening to episode 13 of the Catfish and Ice podcast brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and presented by DraftKings. 
Uh, we've talked about the rough weekend in Dallas. We talked about special teams, which is a big reason why there was such a rough weekend in Dallas. So now that's going to bring us to how we rank the division right now. And uh, the Central Division, uh, there, there's teams that have only played two games. There's teams that have only played three games. There's teams that have played six games. So it's kind of hard to rank them based on just that. But at the same time, uh, I think it's a division that's very hard to rank, but you've also got some teams that are clearly at the top. Uh, I'm going to run through my list real quick, and then uh, Colin's going to get his, and then Rich will get his. Uh, I think we're all kind of in agreement from what mm-hmm. we uh, were shared before the show. We all kind of agree, and you guys can tell me if 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 that's not 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 the case. But our top three is pretty actually our top four is the same. We've got Tampa Bay Lightning at the first, basically because I mean there's still the chance until you knock them out. I mean they did lose to Columbus once, right? Yep, they did. Yep. So they got they got that one blemish on the record. They're three and one. Uh, but they still looked apart. They still look like the same uh, great team that they were last year. So we're going to keep them at number one. We all jumped Dallas up to number two after their dominating and impressive performance over the weekend. So we put them at number two. I'm pretty sure some of us had them around the fourth spot uh, last week when they hadn't played a game yet. So they definitely impressed all of us by uh, running the Preds out of the building. So they're at our second spot. We got Carolina at the third spot. I'll go ahead and say full disclosure: if you guys haven't been listening to the episodes throughout the year, I have the Carolina Hurricanes as my uh, Stanley Cup uh, contender, as my team that's going to make the Stanley Cup. So I'm still sticking with that prediction, but I can't put them ahead of Dallas or Tampa Bay right now because they've only played three games. But so we got Carolina at third, and then we all put the Florida Panthers. At the fourth team, another team that's kind of unknown right now because they've only played they've only played two games. They've only played two games, right? They're two and zero, and their two wins are against the Chicago Blackhawks, the lowly Chicago Blackhawks. I love saying that, by the way. I love saying I love saying the lowly Chicago Blackhawks. I might regret saying that after we play them this week if they beat us, but I'm still going to take it for what I have right now. The lowly Chicago Blackhawks to so the Florida Panthers. Beat them twice. That's their only two wins. To no fault of their own. They were supposed to play the Dallas Stars to open the season. And then, coincidentally enough, they were supposed to play the Carolina Hurricanes, who also had COVID-19 concerns. So, the Florida Panthers have only played two games so far. Colin, how are you feeling about the Florida Panthers? Let's talk about them a little bit. Because I feel like they're an interesting team in that four spot. They're, they're intriguing, and, you know, I move them up because it's like, okay, who realistically do you put in that fourth spot? I, you know, for Nashville, our, our special teams is that, and so I was like, they, mm-hmm. they moves them back, but we're still better than Columbus, so I can't put Columbus ahead of us. Uh, Florida, they're putting some things together last year, right before everything kind of got shut down, and they're a team that's kind of been on the cup come up with the, what they've done in the offseason. Uh, you know, they've looked good against, you know, Chicago Blackhawks, the lowly Chicago Blackhawks. <laughs> yeah, but, there you go. There you go. Yeah. But we, we, I mean, we don't have a sample size yet. I think we'll, we'll find out pretty soon here. I think that's kind of a very soft ranking for them right now, saying, you know, we're being generous to the four spot, but you can very, it's, it's like the, the parent that says, you know, this is a responsibility, but you can lose it very, very easily. That's how I feel about the Panthers. You know, we could, they could, they could get back down to that sixth spot pretty soon if they, if they don't, you know, continue to show the progress they've made uh, and against some teams that are probably a little bit better than what they've seen so far. But small sample size, we'll see very much in due time, uh, you know, how that turns out. And next Tuesday we could be having a completely different conversation. So that's kind of, that's kind of yeah. be my top four. 
We definitely could because the Hurricanes have – they're playing Dallas twice coming up, and then after that they're playing Tampa Bay twice. So Whew. they're, they're going to be tested. But then Florida, on the other hand, they've got two against Columbus and then two against Detroit. So and then they play the Preds. They play the Preds. Uh, the, the Preds. The Preds and the uh, Florida Panthers play starting on Thursday, February 4th. So yeah. – uh, Yep. Fast and furious schedule there. I think the Florida Panthers are a team that can surprise a lot of people um, for sure. So I think putting them at fourth is a very fair spot, but you also don't know a lot about them either. It's, it's right. kind of hard to put a peg on them right now. Out of every team in the division, I feel like the Florida Panthers are the team that's really hard to know what you have out of them. Uh, I think we kind of bounced back and forth, but I think most of us came to an agreement that we're going to put the Preds at number five. Mm-hmm. Are we in agreement there, or do you, one of you guys have them at six? I have no five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think it's. I think they're kind of trekking right where a lot of people thought they would be, which is a French playoff team. Uh, they're going to hover around that fifth or fourth spot. There's some analytical people out there who were pretty high on them, including one of our previous guests from a few, from a previous previous episode, uh, Jack from J Fresh Hockey. Had the Preds, I, I want to say, finishing third in the division, but it was close. It was like a really close race with Columbus, and, and he had that whole division within like five or six, within five or six points. So, but he he was high on the Preds. I think he had him finishing with sixty four points. But uh, so we're all pretty firm that after this, the, these past two games and the special teams issues arising like they are, I think a, a, the fifth spot is pretty fair for them. You can't really like overreact too much because it's two it's two losses against a really good team that just went to the Stanley Cup, and then another loss to a team who they played really well against. And just sometimes hockey works out that way. You're yep. you play really 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 well and you still lose. So you know that this goes back to kind of what I've been saying. I put this out there before the episode. All these fans that are already jumping ship. Uh, all I gotta say is I don't know if we're gonna let you back on if the Preds going to run. <laughs> I'm, not gonna let, I'm not gonna let I'm not I'm not gonna let you back on. Definitely I'm, don't I'm let them forget about it. You I'm might let them on. You <laughs> might let them on, gonna, but they gotta they gotta stay in the bottom of the boat or something. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna wave at you outside the window, but um, but yeah. I, I'm not gonna let you on. But then the, I can already see it. Some of those fans are saying, "Okay, well you're just on the Titanic right now. We don't want to get on." <laughs> I don't know. I hope yeah. they're not saying that, but uh, either way, either way. Four uh, games, we got 52 to go. Exactly. Let it, let it happen, let it play out. Exactly. Yeah. But you know how Twitter gets and how Facebook gets. <laughs> they they freak out and they, they want to jump to the worst conclusion. But we still love them. They're fans, and we love them. They make our jobs a lot more fun. I will say that. <laughs> That's one way to put it. Uh, <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So let's get to the bottom part of the division. Let's get to the teams that we feel like the Preds are still <laughs> better than. And it's kind of like a jumble between – we all put Columbus at number six. There's probably yeah. some people out there that are like – so Columbus is 2-2-2. Two, two, and two. They played six games. They got a couple draws. They've played some decent games. I've watched some of their games since they played the Preds. And they've played a little bit better. I don't think they're some horrible team. I think they're going to be right there in the thick of things to maybe get a playoff spot. But I still put them at number six just because I can't put them ahead of the Preds when the Preds beat them twice pretty decisively. I just can't do it. That would make no sense. That would throw head-to-head records out the window, and I'm just not going to do that. 
So that's why I stick Columbus at number six. Uh, you guys had Columbus at number six as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they've obviously, you know, just got done with that blockbuster trade, but line is not there yet. You know, we haven't seen mm-hmm. what he's going to look like and, and how he's going to change up that roster. Um, but for me, I mean, just beyond that top blue line, I'm not really that impressed as far as, you know, what I see defensively, offensively, they got some pieces and obviously that trade hopefully helped them out and got someone that's a better mood than a, a purely to ball it was, but uh, it, we'll see. It's just, it, it's like you said, head to re- head records matter. And right now that's what we have to go off of. And, we were the better team, so we'll find no, out. Yep. Yeah, I, in our ranking, I wrote they're an enigma. You know, they're hot and cold. Like when one night they're they're great, they beat you know could beat anybody, and then you know the next night not. So I, I totally agree with yeah. that. That they're that now that they got this uh, Pierre Luc Dubois thing straightened out, maybe they'll do a little better. I don't know. I actually think that will benefit them to get to get yeah. their hands clean of that. But uh, but that's that's very interesting. And then of course uh, to round round out the division, two teams that everyone expected to be at the bottom: Chicago Blackhawks, Detroit Red Wings. At this point, they're very interchangeable. But the Blackhawks did just get done beating the Black uh, beating the Red Wings twice. And so uh, you know you'll put the Blackhawks ahead. They've also played six games already. So uh, the standings, I mean, it's still so early, so you're not going to get crazy with it. But, I mean, you know, the Preds got four points in five games. Uh, and Chicago, you got Chicago. They've played six games. They got five points. So, in the standings, technically, they're ahead of the Preds. So, uh, this is a big series. They got they to gotta get, get two wins here. I mean, they really do. I mean, even a split's going to be kind of, like, hard to stomach if you're looking from my perspective. Uh, so They're going to be uh, they're gonna be looking to ride that momentum they got from their last game. That uh, I think it, what's his, his name Suter. Got a hat yeah. trick, scored his first uh-huh. NHL goal in his sixth yeah. game, and then got a hat trick on the same night. But like I said, you know, they've got a bunch of people out. Debrinket's not playing. So Yeah. You, know, you gotta take you gotta take care of business here. You gotta take so, advantage of it. But uh yeah. but as, but as of now, uh we got them seven and eight. Uh Colin, what were you gonna say, man? I was just gonna say, I mean, you know, at least we get them at home, so I hopefully helps us out. Yes. Uh yeah. and I give I know they just beat the Red Wings. I still think, like you said, they've got those inter- those injuries and the COVID issues, and so it's like I gave the slight edge to the Red Wings for that reason. But I do see why you know, the other guys put the the Red Wings uh, behind Blackhawks. I just think when it's all said and done, the Red Wings will be slightly better. But you know what? What's what, is, what, what does it matter when it's seven and eight slots? So <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, you know who you know who Detroit's playing next is Dallas. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah that'll be yeah. Dallas has got it. Dallas has got a good chance at going starting four and zero for sure. Yeah. Yeah, um, I hope they get clapped twelve nothing. <laughs> these, yeah. I, I hope so too. Uh, Rook, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up our hockey segments here and get into our final segment of the show here in a little bit. I want to mention one thing. I just noticed this in the standings as I'm looking at them. The worst team with the worst uh, goal differential in the entire league, and it's pretty bad. It's pretty uh, pretty wide. Who who saw this coming? I was pretty high on this team going into the season. And they've actually played seven games already. Is the Vancouver Canucks? They're a minus thirteen goal differential. Wow, that's surprising. I was pretty high on Vancouver. Yeah, yeah, I thought they were going to make some improvements. And that's just that yeah, that was that, that's that's a that really that might be the biggest disappointment of every team in the league is Vancouver right now. Seven games played, they're two and five, and they're minus thirteen in their goal differential. That's that's very surprising to me. So uh, there's a lot to work out here. 
There's no reason to get too high or too low, but right now we are pretty low right now after coming out of that weekend for the Preds. But our next episode will be later this week after two games against the Blackhawks, so we hopefully will be singing a much much be singing a much different tune. If not, then buckle up for our net for episode 14 of Catfish and Ice because it's going to be a uh, it's going to be pretty rough. You might <laughs> just to get, you might see if something happens, you might see some grown men cry. Oh no 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 no! We're not going to get into that yet. All right, we're not going to think that, Rich. We're not going to think that way yet. I know. Right? I'm saying just. All right, all right. I don't, even, I don't even want you to go there yet. All right. I won't. All right. All right. All right. So let's so let's get into our final segment, and we do this from time to time on uh, the Catfish and Ice podcast. Again, we are brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network, and also presented by DraftKings. And of course, we got the Super Bowl coming up, so make sure you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use co- uh, promo code THPN to have a lot of fun with their uh, Super Bowl prediction challenge. But with our last segment of the night to wrap up set, uh, episode 13, I want to throw some more love to uh, local Nashville businesses. And, of course, everyone pretty much knows about the Christmas Day bombing that happened in Nashville. And for everyone who's been to Nashville, you, all, you know all about historic 2nd uh, Avenue North, which is basically runs right north of Broadway, right in the center of uh, downtown, and there was that really bad bombing that uh, luckily no one died from it. But uh, a lot of very historical buildings and local businesses got destroyed from it. A lot of those businesses don't know when they will reopen. Uh, me personally, I have a lot of friends in the industry who uh, are displaced from work. They don't know when they'll be back to work. They don't know what's going to happen. But I want to really show some love to this local business that just reopened on January 21st. So we're, uh, we're for all of our listeners who listen after tonight, don't listen live. We are recording on Monday, January 25th. So four days ago, uh, this local business got to open their doors back up, and that's the Stillery. The Stillery is located on Second Avenue North, just off of Broadway. They serve a lot of pizza. They're a local bar. They do live music. Really awesome place. I actually, have a few friends that work there. Really friendly staff. Really awesome place to go to. It's kind of a little bit off. It's not off the beaten path, but it's one of those places where it wouldn't be the first place you think of to go to before a Preds game. But I'm telling you, you got to check this place out the next time you go to a Preds game. Whenever it's safe to go back to games, we're all allowed to go back to games again. I really highly recommend the Stillery. Uh, they Again, they opened on January 21st. Uh, so we got to really support these local businesses, these local service industry people, because they're working hard. They bring great service. Uh, the Stillery, they don't just do live pizza. Uh, they don't just do pizza. They, they serve a lot of really good food. They do pretzels, jalapeno poppers, salads, and a menu item. Hey, guys, a menu item we can all get behind is catfish and chips. Oh, wow. Sign, sign me up for that one. So catfish and chips. Uh, they do specialty cocktails. They do all the craft beer. If you're into local beer, a lot of uh, the craft beer scene in Nashville is growing. So they do that. It's a really fun place. I've been there a few times. I can personally vouch for it. So keep that. Put that in your phone. Put that in your memos. Remember that place. Next time you're in downtown Nashville and, you, and you're uh, ready to go back out to eat again, you're ready to go for a game, once we can all go back to Preds games again, uh, go check out the distillery. They're awesome people. And that's just the business I wanted to uh, focus on this week. 
they are awesome. They're great people. And I hope that they can get some really good uh, business in the future months after the bombing. I'm glad they're open. And uh, we look out for each other in Nashville. I mean, we're a very tight knit community. Uh, Second Avenue, uh, that that's like a whole family, those, those service industry members that work on Second Avenue. They're one big family. And I know a lot of them, the Stillery's part of that. So Stillery, go check them out. They're also located in Midtown, which is another location in Nashville. So go to either one of those. But definitely the Second Avenue location. Support them next time you're in Nashville. That's going to wrap up episode 13 of the Catfish on Ice podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and presented by DraftKings. Again, go do that Super Bowl prediction challenge and use promo code THPN on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Rich is going to try not to cry later this episode or later this week, but he's not going to have you might too, Mister. Just he's here's the thing: Rich isn't going to have to cry because the Preds aren't going to lose. That's That's, right. That that's what we're going with there. But uh, real real quick, like when when the game's going on, all three of us usually live tweet stuff. So yeah, anybody wants to follow us and join in on the conversation, we always. We got tweets from the Predline site and then yep. Predline's Twitter and then all of us tweet as well. So join let's, in. Let's run, let's run down the follow list real quick. So, yeah, follow the podcast on, on the Catfish uh, podcast at Catfish Ice. Follow, follow your host, uh, Chad Minton, at Chad underscore Minton, at Rich underscore How underscore Nine, and at Colin Bluen. That is – spell your name out real quick for people. <laughs> C-O-L-I-N-B-L-O-U-I-N uh, Gift Game Strong There you go. Top of the gift. There you go And then we are also We are also all uh, writers For Predlines.com Which is part of the Fan-sided network And uh, you can follow Predlines At Predlines N-S-H And they We put a lot of good editorials out there A lot of the stuff we talk about On the Catfish and Ice podcast We also write about so it's a good way to see all of our awesome opinions we have. I know you care about them so much out there. We are so important to you, and you can't get enough of it. So that's what we like to tell ourselves anyway, right? We like to tell ourselves that we like to tell we like to tell ourselves that people care about what we think. But um, and if you and if you read the articles, you don't have to listen to us uh, mispronounce names. You know, we can type exactly. Them exactly. You can't tell that we're mispronouncing them. That's awesome. That's a good point. Yep. So. Uh, That's going to wrap it up for episode 13. We will see you uh, later this week for episode 14. We love all of our listeners. We appreciate all of you. We can't describe that enough. So thank you for listening. Thank you for putting up with us. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Catfish on Ice podcast brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Standard Five Draft.